coming at you with another episode of Talk About That. I'm John. I'm Johnny. And uh, we could not be more thrilled <laughs> to be with you today. It sounds like an outgoing voicemail. <laughs> like when somebody's a couple and they make a, <laughs> we're not here. <laughs> but I'm Patty. And I'm Frank. And then they, <laughs> you can leave a message for either of us. Yeah. Let's never do that again. Yeah, we've never had uh, a joint voicemail before. No. no. And that would be just weird. More weird than things already are, if possible. Yeah. Uh, somebody said one day that the joint Facebook account for couples is like the sitting on the same side of the booth of the internet. <laughs> you know, when you walk in, there's the couple sitting on the same side of the booth. Yeah, I really can't stand it because like the other day, you know, Facebook, the only real redeemable thing about Facebook for me, besides that we could just share this wonderful podcast. and occasionally Thank you, things, Facebook. Yeah. Is Viewers. that is it reminds me of my friend's birthdays, you know. Yeah. So I had a friend the other day who had one of those joint accounts and yeah. I didn't know which one of their birthdays it was. Yeah. It was like Todd and Jamie. I was like, oh, which one is it? Maybe they share a birthday. I don't know. What Maybe. if you want to say something to just Todd? Right. That's the point. I couldn't hey, happy birthday to both. What if you want to say like, Hey, I know you had a big fight with Jamie, how are things now? <laughs> Should you not put that on their page? <laughs> I hope Todd and Jamie aren't listening right now. I'm just made up those names, so that's okay. <laughs> Todd, Jamie, thanks for your support. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. I did have, uh, speaking of uh, weird things, Yeah, I had something weird happen to me. And like one of those, like, no way that happened kind of things. So I went for a run. I've been running. I've been running again, dude. The weather's great. The weather is kind of hot, but go ahead. Yeah, I like running in the heat. Heat's sure. good. It's like the eternal winter is over. And so I go out for the run. Uh, Laura and Sadie are not home for some reason. I come home and I go out in the back deck for a little while, you know, and it's just sunny. I'm kind of out there. And my dog, so, you know, you've probably seen the quote that to a dog, uh, a door is something you're always on the wrong side of. Yeah. So, like, if we close a door, whichever side he's on, he barks or right. whines because he thinks that the rest of the family's in the other part. Oh, okay. So, if we're outside, he's trying to get inside. If we're inside, he's trying to get outside. So, we just kind of leave it cracked, that back door. There's a sermon there. Mm, guys. We always want what we don't have. Isn't it true, though? We you're waiting for God to open the door, and you're in the living room with him. Mm. He's there with you. Mm. But you're like, you got to go outside. You want to see the world. But he's like, I am the world. Wait, I don't <laughs> like know. <laughs> That's horrible. That's the exact opposite of what God would I say. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Johnny, ahead. you want to be my preacher. Anywho. Uh, and so I leave the door open, and I come back inside to get yeah. cleaned up to go to the next thing or whatever. And then I hear noise. Yeah. In... The master, like way in the other far end of the house, uh -huh. and Brutus comes out of there and I hear noise and I can immediately tell what it is. A bird has uh -huh. flown into my house, not just into my house, but through the house and all the way into my master bathroom. So I go in there and I'm thinking, I'm the only one home. This yeah. is going to be comical. Like this is going to be a thing. What you do know? you do? Well, I got to get him out, you know. So first thing I, well, did I was knew like, that I was like, no, he's just, uh, <laughs> we <know him. laughs> we're working out a rent an agreement and, uh, it's going to be cool. Well, the first thing I thought was, is go get another bird and find one stone if possible. But that didn't work. That's not so a... the second thing is, is I crack the door and I take a picture or a little video and like zoom in. Cause he's, he's perched now yeah. like up on the lights above the vanity. And so, but he's trying to fly out the mirror. Like that, that's his thing. Yeah. See, he doesn't know Johnny. Man, another sermon. God, you, when you're focused, flying when you're into focused, an image of himself. When you're focused on yourself. You think it's the exit, but actually it's oh, the prison. 
You know it's a saying? prison you made for yourself. It's a prison, a glass prison. And that prison is Planet Fitness. And all you can see is yourself. And you keep <laughs> running right headlong into it, banging your head against yourself and what you really need to do. It's fake light, Johnny. You think it's the light that's going to give you escape, but it's not. It's only reflecting light. That's There is light, but it's only reflecting. It can't produce You're light. You're going to have to move away from yourself to find this true source of the light. Because oh it's gosh. what's now shining out of the mirror. Guys, that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... So I first take a picture, yeah. a little video. Yeah. Then I go and I get, I'm thinking, what the heck? I go grab a trash bag. I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Like, he's going to be up on the ceiling. You I weren't can't. trying to kill the bird. You're trying to save the bird. Right. I'd like to save the bird. I don't really want to kill the bird. I have a feeling this bird's dead at the end of the story. Because <laughs> 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 you said, I tried. I tried to save the bird. And so I get a, I'm thinking, this trash bag is stupid. This is not going to work. Yeah. So I go outside and get the pool net. Because <laughs> it, it's it's kind of okay. This so it, yeah. it's got a retractable, you know, arm right. on it or pole. And so, when I open that door with that pull net, I literally scared the poop out of that that bird. Oh no! He starts dropping bombs ma- mainly in the bathtub. He's going crazy, well, flying okay. in the mirror. You know, a little bit in other areas, but I got it. I'm thinking, <laughs> well, so now I'm thinking, get him quick. He's going to soil everything. Well, how here. much could a bird really? If a woodchuck could chuck, I don't, I don't think know, that's a lot. Like a, it's not a lot of poop. We're talking I don't know, about. man. He, he yeah, caught him right him after good. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I scared him real good, and so he basically then flies. So our master closet yeah. is through the bathroom. So then he flies into the. This is a fancy house you got there, Jeff. <laughs> and then through there is our safe room. No, so he flies into the closet. And now yeah. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, all of Lars' clothes are in there. Yeah, but uh, fortunately he had emptied everything into yeah. the bathroom, so there's nothing left. Well, that's in where there. you want to empty. Absolutely. That's the right spot. Yeah. He knew he had the decorum to at least. <laughs> <laughs> for a sophisticated bird. And so I go in there, and he's freaking out. You try to jiggle the honey. He's like, somebody's in here! Somebody's in here! <laughs> I'm second. I can't breathe. <laughs> so he's in the closet, but he's empty now. So I come in there, and I kind of, you know... Put the net up by him, and he's yeah. going to have none of it. So I finally, like, I was like, i got to get this bird quick for something bad happens. Yeah. So I just, like, fling. I, like, I just, like, swing this thing through the air, and yeah. I hit the... Because he's trying to fly out the light next, by the oh, way. Right, he thinks sure. that light, Johnny. Bam. He thinks that light is his exit, not realizing uh-huh. it's it's got a cover on it. It's not transparent light. It's holding him out. It's just fake light. It's an artificial source. Right. He can't fly into the beauty of the sky where the oh. sun is illuminating everything. He's trying to fly into artificial light. And God put a covering over... Wait. But to Wait. protect us from the heat. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. That didn't help. <laughs> so I swing that thing. I hit the light yeah. and knock the cover off. And somehow I pin that bird like up against the side of the wall. And he is dead still. Oh, no. And I'm you thinking the bird. while I was swinging this thing, I've killed this bird. Yeah. So I get a towel and I cover the net and I take him outside and I kind of re- open, move the towel, and sure enough, he just flies away. Wow. He was fun. He, I think he wanted to be caught. Yeah. He didn't want to fight anymore. Man. Johnny, he didn't want to fight anymore. Some he of was, y'all are out there, and you're in the closet, as it were. Wait. Wait. <laughs> You've been pooping all over the bathtub. <laughs> you're caught in the closet, and you're wondering why God's swinging this net at you. Oh. What you really just need is just to... <laughs> Get caught, you know. Anyway. And then released. So, yeah, I released him. So then the best part was now that I cleaned up the poop and everything was fine. But the best thing was is I just sent like that five-second video of a bird in our bathroom. Yeah. I just sent it to Laura with no explanation. Oh, well, <laughs> just, that's good. I just I just dropped it. I just like five, 
for just to see what it was. And her, and her text was like, oh, dear Lord, you know, and I just yeah. kind of let her think the worst. But truth is. That'd be great if you just, she's like, what's going on? You're like, now there's five of them. <laughs> setting up a government, a revolt. Yeah. My daughter got in the car from school yeah. uh, yesterday and she says, Daddy, I'm going to start a protest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Wow, this is. About what? It's very 2019. Yeah. I was a, like, uh. How old's your daughter? 11? She's 10. 10. It's a very 10. 2019 thing for a 10-year-old to I'm say. As serious as she I think I'm going to protest. Yeah. And I was like, about what? Well, we're not getting enough recess right now. Like okay. The, like the third graders are getting all this time and we're not getting it. So I'm going to start a, a protest. Interesting. You know? I said, honey, there's like two weeks of school left. She's like, I don't care. I want to do it. I said, well, I mean, I don't know, Johnny. Isn't it like her constitutional right or something? I don't know. What is the right to recess? Is there a... Is that how school, the school system, they have to, there's certain amounts allocated, right? I mean, it's not in the Bill of Rights. No. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> we have the right. We to, used to make crafts when I was at recess. It's interesting that she would use her recess to make like a protest sign, but she'd have glitter and construction paper. It'd, it'd be, be very like decorative. Most, yeah. It'd be, it'd be well, a, see what a you've very, done here. This is interesting. A very glammy protest. It'd yeah. Be, yeah. I just, I don't know. We, we're, we're trying to shut her down, but uh, she wants to lead like, I don't know, like a sit-in you know, or something, you know, but I, I don't know. So your daughter wants to learn less at school than she currently is learning. Well, I, I do believe that recess is an important part. Like it, it is true that kids you need, need a break. You need, need a, they need water. They socializing. Need they, they need, need water. Rest. Wait a minute. Hold on. When we were kids, like my kid takes a water bottle to school. Oh, I, so I was that. learning that in education when I was getting my master's, like that all this research about hydration, you know, being linked to learning, like that they need to be their brains. Well, none of the brains ain't shaped right. Maybe that's what's it. wrong with you. Do you know that I very rarely drink water during my show? That explains it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking about the other day because I watch a lot of comics, obviously, and then I'll do a show with somebody else sometimes and they'll be like, you don't drink during your Somebody said that you don't drink during your show. And I think it's because I'm so fixated on, like, the moment it takes to turn around. I feel like I'm taking my eye. It's like I'm taking my eye off the wheel. Right. Taking my eye off the road. And so I feel like the whole show's going to be derailed by that 10 seconds of me. Yeah. They're going to be like, get off the stage! <laughs> what is this dead space? So I just go and... and it used to really affect, like, I would get dry mouth. and But now it's like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just less nervous. But, but I just need to take... You just need to take drinks. Because, like you said, it affects your... Your brain function. I don't take a drink while I'm speaking unless I break into a coughing fit or something. Sometimes my allergies get the best of me and I'll dry. Especially That's true. If you I've speak been... for way over an hour, so never mind. Wow. Holy wow. moly. Someone just dropped that. So speaking of pets and the door and the other side of the door, I was realizing this about my dogs the other day because I take my dogs in the car all the time. They trash my car. They, sh- they both shed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there's just hair everywhere. It's unbelievable. The dander. It's like a rolling dander mountain. Hey, that's a that's a new uh, that's a new ride at Disney. I just made a new <laughs> Come on, kids, get on rolling dander mountain. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so we're in the car, but we're always in the car. And when we take the dogs out, I've had to start taking them on just regular errands now mm-hmm. because I realized that when I would take them out, they were always either going to the park or we'd go get <laughs> like I get them a double cheeseburger at McDonald's. You do not feed like your dog. I do. Now, listen, my mom had a dog that she fed human fo- only human food to, and it lived to be 24. So <laughs> that's, that's probably the, all the preservatives. That's probably the exception that proves the rule, but I'm just saying. Um, so all I said, so this is just like a treat. I don't do it every day. It's every other day. No, so this is like once every couple of weeks. I'll take my dogs out. So I started realizing the other day, when we leave, every time we leave the house, my dogs don't understand. They think that we're going to the dog park. Or to get a double cheeseburger. Right, because that's all they know. That's all they know of yeah. us leaving. Because they go, if we get to go with them, we're going to get a double. 
So I had to start taking them like to the dry cleaners and then just back and they go, we're going back in. I want them to start understanding the tough lesson <laughs> that sometimes we just take the car to do boring stuff. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be a good parent here. <laughs> What what is the what is the downside of your dogs uh, not learning that lesson? I just don't want them to be spoiled, John. <laughs> My favorite thing I was thinking this about the car too. You might think about not giving them double cheeseburgers. Does Brutus, at ever, all. Does Brutus ever ride in the car with you? Oh, all the time. Okay, well, he goes so, straight to sleep. Do you ever think about this? Your dog does not understand that you're driving the car. Oh yeah. He just thinks it's a box that you get into, and then the box just moves places. <laughs> yeah. Well, they will stick their head out the window. Well, they know it. They know it's moving, but I'm saying they don't understand you're controlling it. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't try to jump on you. Right. They'd be like, "Let's let's be safe. Let's not." <laughs> What's that big wheel in the middle of his seat? Like right. they don't understand that you're driving the spaceship. It's true. Like we'll take Brutus to East Tennessee sometimes to uh, my in-laws. They live on the lake there. And so it's perfect. He'll run around that area. He loves it. But it's too long to leave him at home. Yeah. So he'll go for overnight. And he'll just, he'll get in my lap or put a little, he's little, or he'll get in the bed. Yeah. He'll take his little doggy bed and put it right up top. And he, I guess it's the hum of the engine. You know, he's 13 and a half. But he's been doing this for five years. He'll start feeding him human food. He he'll goes, live. He goes. So <laughs> <laughs> straight to sleep. Like he'll sleep almost the whole way. Huh. And uh, yeah. Which Maybe is it's what like I the do vibration too. of the answer. You go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up. You're in Dandridge. No, it's like uh, there's maybe the hum of the like when I sleep on the bus. Sometimes I'll, I'll be on a tour bus with another comic, and it takes a day to get used to. But after that, you're in that little curtained off mm-hmm. coffin bunk. It's, it's like fun. a womb in there. It's fun. You can sleep. You'll wake up. You're there's like, womb it's for already, everybody. On there's the bus. womb. Yeah. It's like oh my gosh. It's like it's been 12 hours. You you didn't realize it because like it's like a little doom doom doom. Yeah, those few the little tired little. Dunk, dunk, over the seams of their own. It's like a heartbeat. I loved it. And it's totally dark. And uh, I love Laura. We're talking about Now I have a that. sleep disorder. <laughs> well, see, I sleep like in a wind tunnel anyway with a fan. Like I need noise. Yeah. And so, yeah. But the, you don't leave the TV on. No, no, no. Some people leave the TV on, and I've heard that that's like not good for your brain because it keeps your brain engaged. Right, your brain in some still way. picking stuff up. I mean, uh, and that's Curry does now. Curry that wants the TV on. And I don't like it. Well, but I mean, she likes a little bit of background noise. Do you want to unpack what's happening between you guys? I... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. I'm over it, lady. Uh, this is, seems like the right place to bring it up. No, I, I uh, will fall asleep with the TV on sometimes, yeah. but I always turn it off. So, yeah, How do you I, turn it off if you're asleep? When I wake up and notice that it's on. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you're on the fifth law and order in a row, <laughs> you've witnessed, your brain's witnessed like 22 murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Like, I don't know why I'm so angry. <laughs> what is the deal? Why do I have these aggressive tendencies? Why do I have all these snappy Jerry Orbach comebacks? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Lenny. You know what you never do anymore, but what? you used to do uh, the uh, the uh, CSI bit, CSI Miami bit. Oh, that was like way early it was on. Way, I got rid of way it. early, but it was so good. I used to love it. You do all the. So we'd have the. Um, it's probably one of those shows that I screwed up your sound. <laughs> no, I don't think I was doing it then. I'd already stopped doing it. It was like a, like five or six shows in that I was like, this bit's probably hacky. It was like I would do the well, glass. I would take off the glasses. David David uh, David Caruso. Yeah. I would do the CSI Miami. And this is when that show was still on the air and was like number one show. Right. But I would talk about how he would do like a dad joke basically when he would see the body. Right, you know. heading into the intro of the show. Right. Well, somebody's, somebody's been decapitated. He's like, looks like, you know. In a barbershop or something. In a barbershop. Somebody looks like somebody took a little too much off the top. You know, whatever. <laughs> and yeah. then we'd start the music, yeah. yeah. 
You yes. fire, but you did like you have one that wasn't. By I the have end, one that wasn't funny at all, at just to see if I could still get people what to laugh it? at it. I can't remember. So they laugh like three or four. <laughs> and you just throw one ridiculous yeah. like just. Yeah, you know, the guy, guy's sorry. That was one too many or whatever. Like you'd make a joke about a not funny joke. Which yeah, I think it was kind of like uh, I was my early like an Andy Kaufman kind of thing to do. Like, yeah. well, let's just see if they'll. I don't know. There's a there's an old uh, story about a comic. I think it might have been Buddy Hackett or uh, Milton Berle. And he had this rhythm that he was doing when he would do comedy where he would slap his chest at the punchline. Punchline. And he got the crowd so involved in that rhythm that this guy watching it said one time he slapped his chest and they laughed and he did not tell a punchline. Wow. And he got them so trained. Pavlovian. Pavlovian. Style. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, And I think there's comics that do that. Chris Rock drops the mic. If you ever watch Chris Rock, he'll tell a punchline, and he'll talk, drop the mic a little bit, and then he'll walk. Sometimes he'll walk on a punchline, which is like a no-no. It's a huge no-no, but he's so good. Yeah. Um, I always say Chris Rock's like a preacher, because he'll say something ridiculous, yeah. and then he'll back it up. And he'll keep repeating the ridiculous thing, but he'll back it up. And by then, you're like, that's true. <laughs> he, he like makes a case See, for this I, thing. I can handle like some preaching style in yeah. comedy, but like, who's the guy on ESPN that preaches? Stephen A. Smith. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, he's that, definitely. That bugs me so much. He's like shouty. He gets, I just think that what he ought to do is wait for a bigger contract. And I'm just like, yeah. this just doesn't have, like, you're not making me laugh. You're not making me reflect. Like, you're just kind of. The unmitigated goal. Yeah. yeah it just makes, of... it doesn't really work for that. I don't know. You, there's a certain kind of content that requires, I don't know. I'm, I mean, How I, dare you I'll impugn bring, Stephen I'll bring, A. I mean. Dude, he obviously is going well with, with or without my opinion. Yeah, I'm he's just doing saying. okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's not my favorite style of sports casting. Yeah, I always say like Stephen A. Smith is like the T.D. Jakes, and then Colin Cowherd is like the – he's like the, the the more conversational preacher. He's like Andy Stanley. Yeah, but he's, he's way – Yeah. Yeah. Who's the, who's the he's guy – He's opinionated, but he'll like – He'll he's got more conversational as he backs it up. He's not shouty. Who's the guy that did the back and forth with Stephen A. Smith? Who who who's never who literally is like Michael Jordan? What is a good basketball player? Like he says his crazy thing. Oh, you're talking get, about uh, Skip Bayless. Yeah, but just, they're not on a show together anymore. But that that, that was that, first take. That was like that was like what would happen. Uh, yeah, Skip Bayless is just a contrarian. He just likes doing it to get. It's almost like he's a troll. Yeah, he's trying to get a rise out of you. It was like a theologian, you know, sitting down. With uh, God, I lost his name. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. The guy in Houston, uh, your best life now, Joe Osteen. Yeah, it was very much like he just wasn't. You know, I don't know. And I'm not dogging Joe Osteen. Wow, this is really you've wow. gone. You're going all in. First Stephen A. You knocked Stephen A. Now Osteen. But well, you were making comparisons. Like, well, how come? I don't know. I don't know. I would. I would never impugn someone's character, though. Joe. I'm not impugning character. I'm just saying that their style and delivery yeah. seems to be. Why don't you attack him with a pool net? So. Seems to be your. Foray. Maybe he just wants to be set free, bro. That's He'll true. just be still and act and play dead. Then I'll release him <laughs> into the wild, just like that little bird. You know, guys, there's a lot of little birds listening right now. Probably. Hey, thanks. Little the little bird. bird told me that he wanted me to let him go. Man, so he didn't. He didn't need to live in your house. He needed to live in the world. Like you're limiting yourself. You know, it's like you mm. think, "Wow, this is nice," but what you have is the whole. God wants to give you the whole world. You right. just need to be let out. Right. You're in a cage. You think you're in a home. It may be you're a big a cage. cage, but it's still a cage. Still a cage. You know what I'm saying? So what we're saying is to our listeners, sell your house. Exactly. Live outside in the woods. You can fly away. From you can fly. Yeah, I believe. That's not like a metaphor. <laughs> we, we want you to jump off things. 
<laughs> I think I've gotten off my notes. <laughs> I have gotten off my notes. It's all right. Oh, man. Well, yeah. so you told me that the church, you're starting to do the podcast for the church now, too, because our podcast, uh, by the way, we're getting a lot of good comments on the audio quality of our podcast. We are. Which I think is interesting because we're doing, this is like in the back of your truck. Right. We're doing this like right now on our iPhone voice recorder. No, we have some gear. We don't have a ton of expensive gear. People think we have expensive gear. I think you think so. Like, uh, we did, we did have a question from a Twitter follower. Well, for instance, Aaron Willis, who's produced Tim Hawkins podcast and they do have some expensive gear. Okay. He was like, I'm bugged by how good yours sounds because he knows that we don't have a ton of expensive gear. I'm going to give you the secret. Okay. It's two words. Quality content. <laughs> Dane Allen. Oh, right. Dane. So so we use, so uh, oddly enough, Johnny and I are speaking right now into Shure 58 microphones, which yeah. were the same microphones we used to perform with when we were in Scarlet Thread. Oh, are these Scarlet Thread mics? Yep, these are our Scarlet Thread oh, mics. Oh, my gosh. And I have a I have a, uh, an interface, a couple just simple interfaces that an interface just helps your signal go from the microphone into the computer. And I'm using an old school garage band. Like I'm not using, you know, um, Logic Pro or or Pro Tools or any of those things. Like I'm just using GarageBand. But the deal was when we first started, you know, Dane uh, was our producer, helped us get started on everything. Right. And he'll still help me sometimes on on some of the things. But he went in and tweaked the audio settings and taught me how to do the compression. So I do I do different things now. Every episode, our so voice, depending on how now. far away from the mic we happen yeah. to sit and all those things. And, of course, Dane, let's not forget, Dane composed and recorded our really, really cool intro That's right. jingle. I listened to it because you asked for it yesterday for something else you needed it for. And I just listened to it while I was driving down the road. I had it in Dropbox. It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's it's just catchy and so good. And that's all Dane Allen. I mean, we've got to give a shout out. we got to Dane, Dane back on. Is, Gomez isn't playing those guitars? Oh, that's all Dane, I'm pretty that's sure. That's all Dane, huh? Yeah, he did everything on it. So if you don't have Dane, your podcast is right, hopeless. You can't do what you we're doing. You so. can't reach our huge level of success. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But you really can. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot of expensive equipment. I mean, we invested some, but... Um, but I'm on my computer every day anyway. And GarageBand, if you're a Mac user, you already have probably ability to, to record things. You just kind of have to play around with it and find someone. I mean, I understand somewhat. I'm just kind of pushing the buttons and know the limits of where I was taught by somebody who knows what they're doing and what they're watching for. So you're doing podcasts for the church sermons, too, and you chose a, a clip of music for that, too, right? I did, yeah. Did you want to play that? I picked it, yeah. I want to hear it because it was kind of, it was a little, it was, I wasn't ready for it. Okay, okay, hold on a second. I did, I did not expect a church podcast to come after this clip. All right, hold on, I'll pull it up right now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is our episode hey guys, zero. this is John Driver. I'm here with my friend Andrew Ward. That's me. This is Andrew. And uh, we are uh, some of the leadership here at the church at Pleasant Grove. We want to just welcome you to episode zero. With my mind on my Bible and my Bible on my mind. And uh, kind of tell you a little bit about why we're doing this and what uh, it's all about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a new, it's a new format. It's something we've never done before, but it's an important so, place where we... Uh, take the message of what we're saying so anyway that's it it's got a little like hip-hop to it yeah yeah like one of my favorite podcasts is called typology uh, with ian cron and he has a really cool kind of he's you know in his 50s or whatever but it's a and it's a enneagram podcast but i I like podcasts that have a little bit people in their 50s grew up on hip-hop so it's not he was a songwriter and stuff and so i thought you know what and we're not going to have that every episode we debated whether or not to have an intro song because this 
So this is the, it's called Messages at the Grove, okay? Yeah. So it's just our, mainly our Sunday messages. And any of you guys out there, because uh, sometimes I'll talk a lot about what I shared on Sunday or what uh, Andrew shared on a Sunday. So you can always go and download. It's, it's being approved by iTunes as we're recording this, so it should be live by the time you listening. It should be listening. no problem. Yeah. Look at Messages at the Grove. But whether or not we needed to have like this song before yeah. every one, you know, and we decided not to. Like, we're just going to come in. Oh, really? Yeah. We're going to have a little bouncy in? Jeffrey said no. He thought he thought that everyone's just going to want to skip through it every time. And I said, well, bro, every, TV shows have... It's not that long. You just have a little... Have an intro every time. He goes, yeah, and that's why Netflix put this skip intro button on there. No one wants to hear it after you know the show all the time. And I was uh, like, yeah, that makes... I kind of like our intro, though. Well, yeah, but see, we he said, but y'all's, he said, so talk about that's different because every time you're saying something different... Oh, right. Over it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we did this time, which was amazing, what we said. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But, so yeah, uh, Message at the Grove podcast. But yeah, man, bro, listen, man, I can I can do the hip-hop stuff. I don't know why it's so surprising to people. But you didn't create that music. You found it somewhere. Well, yeah, it's just a garage band loop. So, <laughs> also, so I did a video series way back. I mean, like a, uh, it was a huge project called Ignition 7. Remember that? Yeah, Because you were on it. And so you had just started doing comedy. I had. And so the deal was we had um, all these kids that were making, you know, faith decisions. And I just had this, like, issue with feeling like that no one was going home with them. So we were like, hey, you made this, you prayed this prayer. Here's the Bible. Right, you get them for an hour a week, yeah, (laughs) if that, yeah. You're like sending newborns out into the cold is how it felt, you know. So uh, (laughs) I think in retrospect, you know, my answer for that now is probably different, that I I realize the community of faith is the answer to that, you know. That we live this thing so no one has to go home. You go home with people. But I, I, we weren't ready for that at that stage. And so we had groups and all those things. But we just – it was just different. So I made this seven videos to walk you through your first seven days right. of following Jesus. And Reggie Dabbs was on them because we used it as Reggie's follow-up. He was doing all these events where people were making yeah. you know faith decisions. And so we were giving out DVDs. We would just basically give them away. I think we did like twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 yeah. of them. Over the That's course great. of that time that we would give to ministries and or sell them for a dollar just to pay for the cost of where we could. And then we had a website and we did. And then now we've kind of retired the website and they exist still on um, um, IG7.edu. <laughs> no, they exist in Study Gateway if you have that subscription. Oh, okay, Study Gateway. And then they're also on Right Now Media. So they're in both those platforms where the churches have, you know. Yeah. And then there's a several Ignition 7 other videos I did that were devos on the uh, Uversion app. So if you go look up Ignition 7, the number 7 or the letter or the word, we, it doesn't matter, then you can find different things out there. But the point of that was, is so it was like it was like an ESPN type video yeah. we had a menu down the side that was our yeah. vision we want this to be like multifaceted lots of different visual stimuli that it's constantly going music the whole time right but i am i'm talking to the screen and then we had a guy got him dylan bumbleo i saw the other day by the way who was a free runner he did parkour and so we did yeah. the free run of faith and we did all these illustrations about how following jesus is not like running in a neat little circle like you have to adapt to the to the um, environment or adapt to the obstacles before you and be creative and listen. So we talked about what it means to pray and what God's word does for you. So it was kind of this cool thing and we would do, you know, different things with it for a long time. And it's kind of, I, mean, I would say things probably a lot differently now, yeah. uh, but it was, it was cool and it worked. But I say all that to say, you know, Jeffrey worked for, we worked for years on it, years. And so we actually did a whole seven videos. We shot all over downtown Nashville mm-hmm. and uh, scrapped them all. 
because the audio was awful. There were like planes and trains and automobiles yeah, yeah. and people walking in the shot. And so we ended up going to inside and renting these, these cool places in Nashville to do it. But the, uh, the deal was I was in GarageBand looking for the loop to start that new podcast. Yeah. And I found tons of stuff that we used in Ignition 7 that Jeffrey had used. So it was all real familiar. So it's crazy. And then I also found, I should probably shouldn't say this, one of our good friends has a comedy podcast. I found his intro in there. Uh, I won't say who because I don't know if we want to use. It. He may want that to be sound like original. I have no idea who you're talking about. Well, we. I'll tell you off the air. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to call him out. But well, I don't think he'd be called out by you saying he uses a clip. What? I don't understand. Well, I just saying he may. His users may think that his music is original on his podcast. Oh, that's nobody thinks that. It's Darren Strebelow. Darren oh Strebelow. Oh my is, gosh, Darren's a phony. Darren Strebelow's opening is really cool. I would have used it for this podcast. I was yeah. like, oh, I love that because I love his podcast. If you oh, haven't listened great. to Darren Strebelow comedy show, great. go look him up and listen. Johnny's a guest on there sometimes. I'm a guest on there sometimes. But Darren is the nicest guy ever. He's the best. He's very funny too. Very and funny. And he's so good at like setting up you to tell say something funny. Yeah. And he laughs. He laughs at your stuff, and it's just like that's rare to find a comic. Oh, he makes me feel way funnier than doesn't I did. he? He's... When I'll say something, he'll just laugh, and I'll just like, gosh, I'm really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make it. I had a, in fact, and they were great. I had a radio interview for the endorsement book uh, on. It's called Below the Belt Radio. Right. It's a comedy radio show, and they wanted to interview me last Wednesday night at. Nine fifty, yeah, on a Wednesday night for the University of Maryland. It's that's where it, it broadcasts from. Which Johnny, uh-huh. I think all the kids have already gone home for the summer from yeah. school. So I can only imagine the reach. Yeah, like my phone has been ringing off the hook <laughs> ever since this interview. But they were really nice. It's just very interesting, though. And you do stuff like that all the time. But very interesting. And it's not a Christian thing. Yeah, you know. So so, and I don't think they knew that like I was a minister. So like my my publicity team is not necessarily <laughs> like we're promoting a funny comedy book. you necessarily for like the ippy thing that's not a christian thing or were they weirded out when you started talking about faith and stuff well i did kind of my endorsement expert shtick you know oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what i do that's yeah. like, so i'm going on the today show on the nashville today show not not the today show nashville today the nashville today <laughs> show uh in, in june before father's day who's the nashville version of katie couric do we have a i uh, forget her name who's it's like the 11 o'clock after the you know thing so but, 11 a.m yeah p.m okay that'd be tonight i guess it was yeah yeah so anyway there's this but i'm not going on to do ministry things like no. i'm going on to, to, to promote do, yourself to promote the endorsement you know so anyway <laughs> <laughs> Which feels weird to me. So they do all this stuff. So they they all, they open the show. I haven't heard the interview yet. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how it went, but I think we did okay. But they basically like you know. Well, hey, you know, why'd you want to? Why didn't t- tell me? Why did you want to write this book? You know. So I did this whole thing. Well, you know, I really felt that there was this you know global tribe of unheard, misrepresented, misrepresented. Wow endorsement out there. I forget what all I said, you know, yeah. but I go into like this really verbose, like, you know, oh, and by the you know, and Darren would have laughed because I did that interview with him for the endorsement. Darren yeah. would have laughed hysterically and I could, you know, they laughed, but I could tell what they were doing. They were looking through my book to ask me questions because uh, no, they kept going, well, I see here that, and so it was just very interesting when you have different, and they were great. They were great. It was a great interview, you know, but by the end they did, they were like, well, tell us about your podcast. So I told them about, talk about that. 
and then we do, you know, told them about you and how amazing you are and all the great stuff oh, you do. You the podcast that. is nothing without you. Oh, okay. And that we're having to renegotiate your contract every few months <laughs> to keep you on here, those kinds of things. And then, um, but I said, you know, we talk, we have fun and, and laugh, you know, and then we also used to talk about something of substance, you know, whether it'd be matters of faith or other things, you know. And so then at the end, they were like, I think it was like one of those call out things like, all right, give us just like five seconds. Hey, I'm John Driver. I, I'm an author, whatever I do, you know, when I was on the Blow the Belt show. So I was like, I'm John Driver. Uh, I'm an author and a writer and I'm a minister. And I, and I thought, I bet you I just dropped a bomb on them because they, they, they started to get on a raunchy side and one of the jokes and I just avoided it. You know, I just kind of was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not easily entrapped. You know, I just kind of made a joke and they were laughing, you know, but I thought, I bet you I just made them feel really, really uncomfortable, which yeah. I don't know what, I don't go around proclaiming myself a minister because to be quite honest with you, it changes the conversations. Yeah. It's well, a little bit different. It was like, Oh, they get tense. Yeah. I don't want someone like, you know, trying to stop being themselves. I think that's like the problem with Christianity. Like, I, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. And I really believe all, uh, I believe, you know, first Peter four, first Peter four, you don't even know your own boat. Sorry. John. First Peter two, nine, uh, <sighs> You know the kingdom of priests. I, I believe that we're all supposed to be ministers, yeah. and so like, I, but I, but I just that's how do you feel about that? Because you're in a Christian market, yeah. you know, and people are asking you to be the funny guy in the yeah. Christian in the Christian sphere, you know. But those of us who we're supposed to, when you say minister, it's like wah wah wah. Like it's just it's just takes the conversation to a place you don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I think uh, yeah, it's it's different. I'm I'm still reconciling some of it, honestly, because of some of the things I. I go into, you know, you, you, every crowd's different and, and there are different expectations denominationally sometimes, or just like different communities have different expectations. Some people, you know, you're their first exposure to anything funny from the pulpit at all. And so they're kind of wary of like, okay, is he going to cross any lines? But one of these interviews to your point about that, like, yeah, there are people who want to talk about, okay, well, what about like, sometimes I don't like it when they're like, come on and promote your comedy show. And then they'll be like, so laughter is so important, Johnny. And talk about, you know, this one guy said, I know sometimes comedians themselves can face a lot of depression because I think Rob <laughs> Williams had just killed himself. Wow. So like, talk about that, about how you, oh, I was dear. just like, oh, we're trying to sell tickets here, bro. Don't, <laughs> don't make me like the sad clown, right. you know, the sad and clown. it was. And before Dude, I knew that's it, the I name was, of your book we're going to write. It is. A sad clown. Before I knew it, I was like into this. Yeah, well, actually, you know, and I was like, come to think of it, I am kind of bummed out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, but I don't know. I think there's a place for both. And, and, um, but it is weird. And my, the expectations on me, obviously, are a little bit different. I can be a little more reverent. I can be a little right. more, uh, whatever. Sometimes it's cool because I can say the thing the pastor desperately wants to say, but can't like if, uh, if I want to talk about hypocrisy or if I want to talk about people being too uptight, yeah, I can kind of poke at that. Or if the pastor did it, it'd be like, he's, he's attacking his flock now. Right. Uh, but sometimes they're so glad that I was like, oh, thank God you did that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. They'd be like, I'm afraid I offended them. And they're like, no, I'm so glad you did it. Right. <laughs> Please offend them more. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, you know, it's funny. There was another, um, I had an article from that same campaign that got picked up and it wasn't on the endorsement. It was because of the endorsement. They wanted to write about Father's Day and they released it yeah. this week, six weeks before Father's Day. I'm like, huh. that's a little early, but it's on, it's called the Good Men Project. Yeah. And man, it, it's not a faith-based thing at all, you know, and so I wrote about, I didn't write, I, I, I mentioned that I'm a, I was a pastor and I'm talking about parenting and two ways, you know, two two things that 
model dads do is what I did. I talked about the models we see on the Father's Day commercials yeah. and kind of wrote it in funny, snarky, but kind of had some real takeaways, you know, like, hey, you know, don't just send your kid somewhere else. You know, with dads, sometimes we, we were the self-proclaimed simpletons. Well, uh, that sounds your identity. Well, uh, go go talk to your mom or your guidance counselor. We'll go fishing, though. You know, like, hey, take them fishing and give them noogies, but it's okay not to know. Don't just send them somewhere. Go with them with somewhere yeah. so you both learn together and you can be you know involved in the in the process so they picked it up and published it, it was great and i'm retweeting that because i that's my responsibility you know yeah. and i realized i start looking on that site like and there's all kinds of things on there you're one click away from a bunch of a bunch of stuff that that is not representative generally yeah. of the things that i do and you go to me it's really cool like it's, oh, I think it's, it's great, an opportunity man. and i didn't share the gospel per se but I certainly shared uh, a faith-centered viewpoint, yeah. you know, and I hopefully did it in a way that was entertaining, but also, you know, helpful. I just always, I know that's not my space, but I think, I think when opportunities come to get to speak into that space, I still struggle. I go, well, maybe I should have just shared a point blank, this or that, you know, about about faith. But I, I just, I think there's something to be said for semi-intelligent conversations coming from people of faith right. that that you know. Have no. They're, they're contending. No you're contending just for being a good father, which is a, you know, it's a it's a representation, it's a reflection of your faith anyway. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, but yeah, again, who knows? That's the thing. The, what we came from, and where we are now, and it's ever evolving. It feels like uh, with me, especially. But it's like, yeah, I mean. We would have been disappointed in our current selves ten years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. oh, this guy's not even giving an altar call on his radio show with Marilyn. You know, it's like we would have been the kind of person that would call that person out for being like wishy washy. Yeah, come on, man, you got to speak the truth. Be extreme, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I, I have a little more grace for people who are like just trying to be a light in a dark place sometimes. Well, I mean, I think you know, you think about Paul in Athens. There's so much to be taken from that. That. Um, I think Mike Burnett and I were talking about this the other day. Was it Mike Burnett? Mike, if I just called you out and it wasn't you, I'm sorry. Oh, Mike. But it was, whoever it was, I liked, I liked it. But the realization was made in our conversation that Paul never actually said Jesus' name hmm. when he preached to the Athenians. Yeah. Again, guys, I always say, don't, don't, don't take a drive off the cliffs of what ifs. Like, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying, hey, everybody, we should never say Jesus' name. I'm saying Jesus' name right now. I love Jesus. I'm in. <laughs> Preach the gospel. I'm all about it. But when he was in Athens in, in a culture of idolatry, a culture of intellectualism, a culture where the Bible says they did nothing all day but sit and exchange basically the latest ideas. Yeah. It's very, very much, you know, a representation of, of Twitter. Where, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of what of what the world, I guess, values right now, that he didn't just jump in there and start. He, he, he said, hey. And he even used an idol as – he used a false god as an example, as yeah. an illustration. Hey, you see this You see this thing right here that you guys have built to what you call the unknown god, the one you, you don't know? I want to tell you about him. Yeah, yeah. And he starts – and they start gathering around and listening. He never says his name was Jesus and, and by the name of Jesus. Like he believed that and did preach that in Athens but not right there. Yeah. Instead, he tells them in, you know, about what this man – that God sent, who was the son of God and God himself, God made flesh, what this was about. And of course, up to the moment of the resurrection, that's when they stopped listening. Because the resurrection to the Greeks, the idea, because they really believed that the body was a throwaway. We have that thought process here too. 
um, I, I don't anymore in, in a in a funeral. I no longer say, or when I'm comforting a family or someone, I don't say, "Now listen, that's not really Grandma there. Right? That's just her shell." Well, actually, that 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 is is really not theologically correct. I mean, I've, I've done some study on that and realized I, we used to say that to comfort ourselves, but God's going to resurrect that shell yeah. and he's going to perfect it and glorify it. And he's going to reunite the spirit, soul and body because it was never meant to be this way that they're separated. So he created you spirit, soul and body. So no, that is, that is, you know, grandma there. It's just that she's not in the state that God originally intended. That's why God's going to redeem her body and, and put it back to the state that even better than it was before. So, but that being said, so Paul, when he said this man rose from the dead, that was like ludicrous to the Greeks. It was like yeah. foolish because why would anyone care about a body being raised? They, they were all in, in this existential type of soul is all things and the body is just a prison yeah. kind of thing, which Christianity sometimes we, we do that thing. Right. Um, but then they left him and it says a few of them hung out and he, then he began to share about who Jesus was. We don't have a record of what all he said, but he shared with those and, and some of them believed. So I just think that there's a moment to have a conversation where we're not, you know, we're not hiding anything, yeah. but that we're trying to reach people. If we really want to reach people, then we're going to do so. Not in, I'm not talking seeker sensitive. I'm not uh -huh. talking about those things, but hey, it's people need to see Christian doctors and Christian yeah, policemen I, and people just having intelligent conversations who happen to be Christians, you know? Yeah. Who was it that was talking about the, you know, if you're a Christian shoemaker, the best thing you can do is not just to put little crosses on your shoes. The best thing you can do is make great shoes. Yeah. I think there's, I don't, I feel less evangelistic, uh, burden for what I do, um, than maybe a lot of other Christian comics. I feel like uh, my responsibility, like when I hear somebody say somebody was offensive or whatever, I think the most offensive thing a comedian can be is unfunny. If I pay a ticket and you're not funny, right. that's offensive to me. So this idea that we're all so careful, and I think uh, for a while Christian art, when it was starting, when we were at this weird precipice, we think about 80s Christian rock and 70s and 80s Christian rock and even early 90s Christian rock, there was a very, there was a very carefulness to it yeah. It's a very uh, homogenized yeah. and almost neutered yeah. sensibility. Everything's wrapped up in a bow, like an episode of the Brady Bunch. Everybody's all back together at the end of the show. Right. Uh, and now we're starting to see Christian art that t takes chances and talks about alcoholism and has an unfinished idea of, like, I'm still in this struggle. Yeah. Uh, and people are being honest. And sometimes it's coming from outside CCM. That's what's interesting. An artist like Ben Rector or Josh Garrels out of Portland, who's incredible and uses, uh, you know, folk and hip hop and all kinds of weird elements and even spoken word in his uh, music. And I love Josh Garrels. But he's almost like this prophet, but he's speaking about things from faith. And he didn't, he chose not to go on a Christian label. So I'm, you're seeing more honesty. And I think that's what's happening now with Christian comedy. You're starting to see comics who are Christians, they're expressing uh, arguments in their marriage and they're expressing right. their, it's not like they're just pushing the line to see if, I, let me see if I can say this edgy thing in a church, right. but it's starting to close, close more closely match an authentic personality and not just as like, what do I need to, it's like somebody said this the other day about the fruit. We know what the fruit of the spirit is because we read about it since we're kids. And so instead of trying to produce that fruit, we try to like show people that we have the fruit. So right. we figure out how to conjure it up. This is what a Christian would say if they were a comedian. <laughs> right. And they play this role instead of just going, look, God, I just trust you to be with me. 
and speak through me and I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend you. And I think the fruit of that will be not offending people. Yeah. But sometimes people need to be offended, offending honestly. people in the right way. Sometimes people right. need to be offended. I think sometimes people, like if I have, some jokes I have about the church are kind of pointed. You know, especially when I first started writing, I was writing jokes about like testaments, how we had our own kind of breath fresheners. Right. Like what was the need for testaments? Like when there are certs and there are whatever other, you know, t- there's a Tic Tac. Why do we need a Christian Tic Tac? Right. And so I would, I would make jokes about it, but honestly, there was a kind of an anger behind that bit. And I hoped in my heart of hearts that somebody would walk away from that, not just laughing, but they would go, I need to throw these testaments away. This is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's, I I think it's, it's true. You know, we're talking a lot more about, so we use the term fully devoted. I was teaching membership Sunday and what we just really, people, you got to be careful because it sounds like you're creating echelons and stratus Christianity. Well, yeah. you're not as good of a Christian as this one, but we believe that a fully devoted follower of Christ is someone who is growing in three areas, their love for God, their love for other believers, and their love for unbelievers. Like all three are really essential yeah. parts of Christianity. The church is constantly um, experiencing, I think, cognitive dissonance and identity crisis about whether we're trying to reach Christians or, or unchristians. And so that's, that's the big thing, whether we're watering down, whether we're, you know, and then it's, it's similar to the conversation we're having now, who is our target, you know, and the, and the answer is, is that both are our target. Uh-huh. I just think where, where we're turning is believers living more rightly with one another as they should is the best attraction to unbelievers, to the life that, that we all want, that there's something that we're all looking for. We know it's found in relationships. That's a God-ordained thing. We know that a lot of that fulfillment is found in relationships. So instead of it just being, well, go get into a life group or love God, love people, you know, we like make these pithy little, little, um, you know, singular statements. Like it's, it's, it's way more complicated than that. And yet way simpler that as you love God, as you just said, if I I love God rightly, then there's no way I can separate that from my love for people. He made that very clear. Do not say, I think it's in first John, do not say that you love God and then hate your brother because you're lying. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, those two things cannot coexist because my, your love for me will cause your love for your brother. And so they're, they're not mutually exclusive. You can't just have one or, or the other. And so when you really begin to, to drill down to what true Christianity is, then to be fully devoted, I must be engaged with others. But I don't, I think it goes back to what you say. It's not just me telling everybody I'm in a group. In fact, yeah. we, we have this, this thing we say a lot. I'm, I'm training some community group leaders tonight. Being in a community group is not at all the same as being in community. You could be in groups till you're blue in the face. But there are real specific things scripturally about how you're being counseled biblically or how yeah. you're being admonished faithfully or how you're being pursued relationally. You know, you got to ask yourself all the time. Like it says uh, that it says in Ephesians, or excuse me, it says in Hebrews that you know, it talks about obeying your leaders or submitting to your leadership because they are keeping watch over your souls. And it's not just not just the, the pastor or two. It means like. Us as a group, as we lead, all of us, mm-hmm. keep a watch over each other, and we give an account for each other is what it says, Hebrews uh, thirteen seventeen. We're giving an account for this. And so it's that, not weirdness, not weird just accountability groups where we all sit around and beat each other up, 
but like it's that love and that that unity and that ability and willingness to go through hard conflict to resolve things to have hard conversations um andrew says something right now that's so true he's like he's in a lot of conversations where the first five minutes are just brutal but if we're willing to have five minutes that's uncomfortable yeah then the next hour is just so amazing and fruitful like we're just so scared of it it's like a monster i said that before under your bed i don't want to face it i don't want to face it this hard conversation this elephant in the room if i'll just go face it and have the weird five minutes then usually if we love each other well, the next hour to two or weeks or months of our lives could be so beneficial, but we never could climb over that hurdle before. So to me, the greatest witness, I mean, I'm all about it. I think people, and we say this, people of faith should be having conversations. It should be normal for them about faith with people they don't know. It should be regular. It shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't have to be door to door. It shouldn't have, if you go to door, door, door to door, that's what you choose to do. That's fine. But don't go door to door. But I'm just saying you don't have to just, yeah. li- just live your life and see where the doors open. Let God take you door to door, Johnny. The <laughs> Some door of you guys are a bird in a bathroom. You're right trapped now. right now. You're pooping everywhere. You, you're in the, the, your bathroom's the outside. Okay. God gave you the outside to go to the bathroom in and you're, you've confined your bathroom to one tiny area in your mind. Gosh, <laughs> I'm using that Sunday. Um, but at the end of the day, the, when you invite people yeah. to how great God is and the amazing life you have, if you can't show that life living with other people, then it's going to be suspect to them. Yeah. Because who wants to live life in isolation and alone? Just just proclaiming a faith. That's why you know, when we have these superficial relationships that don't really go deep and, and we call them, we have Christian friends and we have regular friends. We have things we say around our regular friends we'd never say around our Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Our Christian friends are the ones that you know we go to for the Bible study. But our regular friends are the ones we call at 2 a.m. when our kid's sick. You know, like we have this division of these two lives. Instead of having Christian friends who are regular friends, and then we live that life together, and we get into that and, and see Jesus transform us through it. So to me, I guess my whole point of that is until, until – in fact, I've said this to our church before – if you if you not if you're not living in the kind of community that Christ called you to live in, then stop sharing your faith until you do, because you're inviting people when you share your faith to look at your life, and 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 it's, you think you maybe invite them to look at whether or not you cussed or drank or whether or not you attended church all the time, and none of those things transform a soul. But when they look at your life and see you having real in your marriage or see you having a relationship where you get to be imperfect and you're talking about it, not avoiding it, like you said, you're being authentic and real yeah. and you're not wrapping everything up with a neat bow, but you're engaging in the act of lament. You're engaging in the difficulty that Scripture calls us to, to live in and not be afraid of. Then suddenly they feel like they can be real too and maybe something can happen that's greater than just a, a, a sin management self-improvement behavioral enhancement program wow yeah sorry it was a long soapbox it really was your teeth got whiter as you said it like a tony robbins it was a tony robbins effect (laughs) (laughs) beaming just beaming like an osteen smile cracked across your face it was beautiful (laughs) i'm really sorry if i I wasn't trying to take a shot at (laughs) my buddy renard hirsch uh, who's a black comic does the best joel osteen impression in his show i think there's nothing funnier than a black guy doing an impression of a white guy. I don't know why, but it makes me laugh every time. He goes, I love that Joel Osteen, man. He goes, I was like, don't let the devil steal your joy. Do you receive it today? I know you do. And he just smiles so big, and it's so funny. Yeah. It's great. But uh-huh. I don't know. That's just funny to me. Did I know you this. Have, 
Uh-huh. Do you have your own Joel Osteen impression? I don't. Or I don't. was that it? No, there was one. Uh, there's one comic I know, Ed Wiley, who does impressions of like Trump and Bernie Sanders and even Obama, and he's doing a Joel Osteen now in his show, and it's pretty good. Yeah, he does a whole thing about uh, something about the CVS receipt being so long. Yeah, that he held it up. And he's like, I believe everything this CVS. I can have the discounts it says I can have. And he does a whole steam <laughs> bit about it. Oh, that's that's Ed's awesome. Oh, you guys so should go listen to Ed Wiley. We need to have him on the show one one day because he's got a cool perspective. He's got six kids. He yeah. lives on a goat farm yeah. in South Georgia and does comedy on the road. Yeah. So, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah. It's cool, dude. Unbelievable. Well, hey, man, good show today. I think so. Uh, we learned a lot. We did. About each other. We did. And about life. Wow, we laughed. Thanks for leaving reviews and and subscribing, you guys. And don't don't forget to share it. And that's how we pick up more listeners, just like you, just like you. And if you enjoyed it, maybe someone else. And here's the deal: you're going to tell them listen to this podcast. If they're not a podcast listener person, yeah. they're going to be like, "I don't have an hour to give." And now you know you do have an hour to give. Like yeah. you, you're probably wondering, "How did I live without this before?" It's like an hour you take for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do something for yourself, a little self, a little self health, a little self uh, care. You're caring for yourself. Well. <laughs> self care has been thrown around a little bit <laughs> much, hasn't it? Everything's self care now. <laughs> I would love to know from some of our listeners if our podcast is something you can run to. Oh. See, I have to run to music until I really get into like. So great- it has to be loud. I can't. Just, I don't like to hear myself breathe. When I hear myself breathe, I'm like, oh no, that's yeah. a sick person. Like if I can run five miles, no problem, then yeah. I can listen to the podcast. But yeah, until yeah. that point, when I'm just when I'm like right now, it still feels like I'm dragging a sled. Like I'm running three pretty easy, but I'm still dragging that Three's sled a lot, myself. Though. That's a good. That's a good. I mean, what do you want? Five. I want five to be easy. So my buddy Matt, who by the way is our fact checker, he had several things wrong with the last few episodes. I need to have him on and Man. let him just list them. But he wants me to train I don't for like a half Matt's marathon. Critical spirit. Yeah, Matt. What is the deal, bro? What do you mean? Did he say we got something wrong about a half marathon? No, he wants me to run a half oh, marathon in November. Oh. So. I know half marathon, John. I've done a few. I know you have. You've done marathon. I've never done a whole, just a half. So I don't think I'm going to do that. that salad of Panera. I only get the half. That's, you know good. That's a good idea. It's too much. All right. So, all right, guys. Hey, share it, and uh, we'll get to your questions. As uh, We do that every couple shows. We have, a, I think, a pretty exciting interview coming up in, in a couple weeks. So we're just going to go ahead and tease that and not tell you who it is yet. Good radio trip. But uh, share. And as always, we really appreciate you being a part of our talk here on Talk About That. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.